You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I am excited for you to hear today's episode. One... If you're an MMA fan, you're going to love it because you know about Luke Thomas and you know how good he is. Two, I just enjoy listening to this guy talk. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, To give you a little bit of background, Luke was the MMA expert when I was working at 120 Sports for a couple of years. So I got to know him a little bit then. He really cares about his art. He cares about being good at trying to explain to people like myself that are novices but fans of the sport what's going on. So I wanted to preview UFC 246 and talk about the McGregor and Cowboy fight and also tell you that if you like what you hear from Luke, you should check him out. He has a show on Sirius XM, which is phenomenal, and now he's in a partnership with Showtime. So he's doing a show called Morning Combat that's on YouTube, and you should check it out. It goes live every day at 11 o'clock our time in Chicago, noon Eastern. But he's just a really good follow if you're on Twitter, at L Thomas News is where you can find him. He's got a great perspective on things. There's a longer form interview that I will have on House of L with Luke. But as far as UFC 246 goes and a breakdown of McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone, I wanted to start the conversation by asking Luke on this fight being a good fight for Connor to kind of come back into the game with. And that's where we go. So here's Luke's response to that. It's a great fight. Uh, to get back into the game with. Um, so the way I'll explain this is there's no such thing as a tune-up under the boxing circumstances in UFC. Uh, it can happen in the sense where if you have a really highly ranked opponent, they fall out and then last minute they find some dude, then maybe you get it that way, but that's very rare. In general, what you're looking for is just a favorable matchup. One Manuel Marquez between the third and fourth Pacquiao fights fought some dude, Sergei Fedchenko, I think was his name, doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry, fought him in Mexico when no one was looking just to sort of get back up as a tune-up. Um, that phenomenon does not exist in MMA. But the good thing for Connor here is that, yes, Cerrone's a top-five guy. He has been a winner across not one but two different weight classes. Um, he's done a lot, right? He's a very, very credentialed opponent. And if Connor is not on his game, he will suffer the consequences. The thing that Connor did wisely is, if you look at his career, it's always been about escalation, 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 where he was running through featherweight, and that wasn't enough. So let me go get the, the lightweight title at the same time, and that wasn't enough. So let me go fight Mayweather, and that wasn't enough. 
Let me go fight the undefeated Russian dude who said no one could beat in the biggest UFC pay-per-view ever. This is the first time he's, like, calibrating backwards a little bit. And that's smart. That's exactly what he should be doing. And Cowboy Cerrone coming off two consecutive losses, both of which uh, uh, by stoppage, the last of which was a vicious KO. He's getting a guy who's very talented, still ranked top five, but a little bit long in the tooth, and stylistically is very favorable to Connor. He's a guy who not the best against Southpaws, although that's a little bit overstated, but okay, there's something to it. But really what Connor's very, very, very gifted at is pressure into you while never overcommitting in the pocket. He is a genius manager of real estate between you and him and how that uh, affects his boxing and takes away yours. He's a linear puncher. He's quick. He has great accuracy, impeccable timing. And historically speaking, Connor, or excuse me, Cowboy Cerrone, his opponent, needs a lot of space. He's much more of a kickboxer. Now, if you give him space, he will tear you to pieces. But Connor's very good, historically speaking anyway, about taking those things away. So you just look at this. You say to yourself, if the guy who showed up at UFC 205 and beat Eddie Alvarez is even remotely there, he should not lose. That, to me, is a smart, calculated play by Connor to get back into the winning column. The de-escalation that you were talking about, just so we're clear, it, it seems like you're talking about inside the octagon or, like, overall as far as fighting going. I noticed the de-escalation as far as volume uh, from, from Connor leading up to this fight. It hasn't been incendiary language to, to, to sell a fight. It hasn't been racist language to sell a fight, although that would be difficult considering the opponent. I, I'm just curious, why, why do you think he's been more quiet than in other in recent fights that he's had. Yeah, it's an interesting one, right? Because if he, uh, even when people bring up his real nemesis, Nurmagomedov, or other guys who've been real chatty towards him, like a Justin Gaethje, you know, he has negative things to say, but he doesn't seem to dwell on it like he used to, you know? Uh, it's like a couple of things. One, man, the guy's been put through the ringer a little bit. I mean, he had the issue where folks may not know he jumped into the cage in a rival organization because his friend won put his hands on a referee, which is just, I mean, you would go to jail if you were anybody but Conor McGregor for that. Um, the New York Times reported he's involved in not one but two different sexual assault allegations and uh, investigations in, uh, in Ireland. Uh, Irish media is not allowed to talk about it due to uh, defamation laws, but the New York Times was obviously capable of reporting it. Um, he had a fell cell phone incident, which is minor, but it sort of counts. Uh, and obviously the dolly through the bus and, you know, a number of other things. And you're like, you add it all up, it's like, Jesus, this is a pattern of, pretty bad behavior. Now, I don't think he lost a whole lot of money, although I don't know how much he saved either. He obviously has his whiskey business on the side, but you know, punching the old man in the back of the head was the first time I think it really dawned on him that his fans were kind of sick of it all. So he's come into this fight week with a little bit of a posture of elder statesman, uh, a, a element of gratitude. Wow, look at how good this fight poster looks. This crowd has showed up. I'm so grateful for them. And, you know, Cowboy's such a worthy opponent and blah, 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 blah. Maybe part of it is just a PR move. Maybe part of it feels like, you know, life kind of slapped them around a little bit. Um, it's hard to say exactly. I don't think it portends any real change in how he fights. But if he does, that would be interesting because it usually means that aggressive attitude is all sort of one note, right? Aggressive at the press conference, aggressive in the fights, in your face, mind games. Will that change his fight style? I certainly hope not because his fight style doesn't need a whole lot of changing other than, you know, maybe perhaps an improvement in cardiovascular conditioning late. But it would be something to watch. What is it about Cowboy that endears him to the, the MMA fan? 
Yeah, he is. Uh, he's very easy to like. Uh, the reason why is sort of a few things. One, he's never won a world title, though he's uh, fought for one, but he didn't win. Uh, but uh, he has the record for most knockdowns, most stoppages, most wins in UFC history, right? So for a guy who never crossed the ultimate barrier of accomplishment, boy, he got damn close. He has a lot of really important accolades. Uh, if you look at his record, Lawrence, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's got some L's on there. He's got double-digit L's, I believe. But the reason why is because every single time, man, he has fought the very best of his generation. I mean, his resume is absurd. Uh, if, don't look at the wins and losses. Just look at how many former world titleists, world titleists across different weight classes, record holders, pay-per-view main eventers this guy has fought. He has fought everybody they have put in front of him in, in a way that is just impossible to explain. On top of that, when they were like, hey, Cowboy, we need you to go fight this really tough guy that nobody knows, and we need you to do it in his hometown on Fight Pass, which is their streaming service that is you know nobody really has unless you're a hardcore fight fan. Can you go do that for us? Yes, no problem. Dude, when, he call, when they call with a fight, he doesn't say no. He just says yes, and he does it to his own detriment. Moreover, he has maintained a highly competitive, active schedule. So he's fighting three, four, sometimes five times a year. Very unusual when the common uh, repetition is two to three times a year, three being on the high end, four being fairly rare. He does four in back-to-back-to-back-to-back years. So from his activity to never saying no to, by the way, he's also very talented. He is a good kickboxer. He can wrestle. He's got a phenomenal guard. If the fight goes to the ground, by the way, with Connor, that could be dicey for Connor. He's very, very good on the ground. So he's a talented guy. He's got this blue-collar ethic. He's competitive. He never says no. When he wins, he wins spectacularly. And when he loses, he loses. But he's always in there with tough, tough guys. If you're a fight fan, he's impossible to dislike. Is it really important that Connor win this matchup? Or I mean, is he so is he too big to fail for the UFC? Can he still be an agitator and someone who moves money? for them even if he loses so this is a complicated one i would say that uh the temptation is to bury connor if he loses i would caution against that uh but i would say though that there is something to it which is that um so look man kimbo slice is not connor mcgregor for a lot of different reasons but kimbo slice was very informative because it didn't matter where he went less so in the boxing stuff but on the mma side it didn't matter who he was fighting, how late in his career, and how terrible the fights were. People tune in to see Kimbo because they loved him. And, and, and passions for these guys, they die very hard. But the difference with Kimbo is that, you know, he's a street fighter, sort of like trying to turn his life around kind of story. You might have been much more forgiving about his losses. I'll say this. Don't bury Connor if he loses, but there can be no argument. A loss against Cowboy is very bad for his career. He will still be a box office attraction. He could rebound from it and get another win afterwards. He is still, after losing to Cerrone, if that happens, would be a money fight for a lot of different guys. People would still be lining up to fight him. Don't misunderstand me. But the path that he was on when he beat Eddie Alvarez was not really silencing the doubters or doing things that were crazy. I mean, to go and beat Jose Aldo the way he did, the greatest featherweight of all time, in our, arguably anyway, and certainly Eddie Alvarez, one of the top ten lightweights ever, and lightweight, for folks who may not know, is maybe the best division in all of MMA. To be the first guy to hold two different belts at the same time, 
I mean, he had a lot more work to do, but that's the path of an all-time great. Again, I'm not saying that's what he was, but he was building towards that in a pretty clear way. Well, then he takes time off, and he gets housed by Mayweather. Then he takes more time off, and he gets beat by Nurmagomedov, who, by the way, is also on, his, on the way to being one of the best fighters ever. Uh, you just don't know where he is. Like, you feel like, are we going to rediscover his ceiling with Cerrone? Or are we about to discover what his floor is? That's kind of what this fight will tell us. And it will be damaging if he loses, but he will not go away from being a box office attraction. What he will go away from being is somebody who you thought could be on MMA's Mount Rushmore. That might take a major hit if he loses to Cerrone. If he wins, is it Masvidal in him? I certainly hope. There's a lot. Here, Connor played it smart. So, he was in most of his career he spent at 145. Then he went up to 155 and beat Eddie Alvarez. Then he took time off, and then the Mayweather thing doesn't count because it's boxing. And then uh, he fought in Mergamadov, also 155. So uh, the thought was he would just go back there. He's a little too big to go back to 145, but 155 makes sense. He did the DS fight to 170, but there's weird circumstances that made that what that was. This fight is back at 170, and it's smart that he did that because he can say, well, I don't want to go through the weight cut of 155 because it'll damage my body. I mean, I'll do it if I have to, but I don't have to. Can we just avoid all that? Cerrone has a long 10-fight history at welterweight, right? So he's a perfect opponent to accommodate you in that regard. It makes a lot of sense for him as well. And if he wins, oh, man, the world is his oyster at that point. So he can say, you know what, I'm going to call my shot. I want a rematch against Nurmagomedov, and maybe the UFC will make that happen. Or he can say, you know, 170, I want to go up against Jorge for that BMF title. Jorge Masvidal obviously never been hotter than he is right now. So to answer your question, the way he had initially framed it was if he loses to Cerrone, he still has Masvidal in his back pocket. Maybe that's the case. Uh, I, I, I'll just say this. I honestly don't know which way he's going to go. My hunch is he'll probably take one more 170 fight and then go back down to 155, maybe against Nate Diaz, maybe against Jorge Masvidal. I'm looking to see, A, if Connor wins, and then who does he call out at the post-fight press conference? Because if he wins, and he wins spectacularly, he's basically going to call his shot. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I enjoy Luke, and as I said, he's got the show Morning Combat. It's on every Monday, and it'll be on Monday after UFC 246 at 11 o'clock Chicago time on YouTube. It's a project that he's doing with Showtime, and I'm so glad that he is getting the amount of burn that he deserves. Like This is a guy that has busted his tail for a decade and a half in this sport. One of the really smart guys, so I'm glad that he had time. I'm glad we had a chance to, to, to hook up and... If you don't know about his show on XM Sirius, it's on Fight Nation, Channel 156. You can hear his stuff there. But please support his YouTube show with Showtime. It's called Morning Combat. Remember, like, Morning Combat. Like, think of it that way. All right? Thanks for listening.